Alright, welcome back to Long Island and the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Rock Conkham of Long Island, where we're these are this is one of the ultimate shows. Of right? course because, it is. Because you know, fans are waiting, is. we're waiting, because we're fans. Yep. The great Barry Windham is in studio. Yes, sir. We had him a couple of years back in mm-hmm. the oldest studio. Yep. And uh Yep. Now we got him back, and you know, again, I think I've I've said it a million times that this guy is like in my top ten favorite wrestlers. Were you up at five a.m. reading PWIs from no. back in the day, Barry? Whitt- I was no, it wasn't like no, that. but Why it was not? like. But being the WWE guy when, yeah. when he was down in Georgia, it mm-hmm. was like yeah, dude was badass. Absolutely, all the angles. Yeah, when we saw. Remember when we saw him in Florida for the first time? I was just. The UJ, I was UJ, just going to say he's from my earliest days of like doing the UHF, but hoping that there's not too much snow on that screen, so yeah. I could I could see Gordon and Barry and all the boys from Florida. Yeah. And then I remember when him and Rotunda got hot right. in the in the NWA, and all right. of a sudden Vince plucked them. I couldn't believe Smart that. Smart move, Vince. That was crazy. Smart but move. But we're going to get to him in a second. All right. Mom responds after photo of her hugging a son raises eyebrows when Utah mom, Amber Wright, what? posted a video of herself sharing a celebratory embrace with her son, Brixton. Brixton. I never heard that Brixton? Name before. Sounds never. like a place in Jersey. After a football game, she never expected what would go vile. I was so proud, she says. I was a proud mom. I never expected to turn into something where you're sexually assaulting your kid. What? What, wait, what are you talking about? What, what does this photo look like? Right there. It's up there right now. Uh, well, huh? So I think the problem here, Farrow, is oh. if you're a hot mom. Okay. Like yeah. it was some like. What, she jumped into his arms? Yeah. Because, and she gave him a kiss? Well, it's, it's, it's his mother. Who cares? But she's hot. So what? I'm just saying. She's not allowed to have affection? I'm not saying that. She oh, doesn't have a right weird. to have affection. What I'm trying to say to you, if it was a cumbersome-looking mother. Oh, well, first of all, if it was Mama Cass, she's not jumping into the kid's Oops. arms because he's falling on the ground. Only you would and pull. Now they, and now there's a pothole in yard number 40. Only what are you, you would pull about? Mama Cass out. Like, uh, half our audience doesn't even know who Mama Cass is. Well, look it up, boys and girls. <laughs> she's kind of big. I would, anyway. th- I would like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty <laughs> Nefaro and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Yes, Wisteria sir. Hall is actually in studio yes, today. Sir. And we play yes, sir. a song hopefully Barry will take. If not, we'll play it for Barry. Oh, um, okay, okay. Wisteria Hall songs, sing such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Yeah. Yeah. Barry's still reeling from our opening subject, but okay. Okay. He's like, what the hell's going on here? What kind of show is this? Anyway, I'm talking yeah. about the Wisteria Hall YouTube yeah. page. Yeah, well, you like and subscribe on that. And Thank then, you. of course, you mosey on over to the Monty and Farrell page where you like, subscribe, and remember, don't touch your member, become a member. You just got that last week. Good job. Yeah, I like that. That was very that's, good. That's a new one. Download their music on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, and Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. And the world. Monty Nefaro. And the world. Yeah. Catch us on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Here is on High Heart Radio, Spotify, Anchor. The Monty Nefaro Twitch TV page. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York. Lucky enough. Which we were speaking to Barry about, which he seems to have lived all over the world. He's which is been pretty cool. Here, there, and everywhere. Channel 20 every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And, oops, sorry, Channel 115 Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. And Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel go. 20 Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Gotcha. And I keep reminding everybody, go to this new app, Intuitive. It's the new Netflix, and the best part about it, Jimmy? It's free. There you go. And on there is 
movies, comedy shows, music videos, everything check, you need, check, and check. it's free. Yeah. And on top of that, you have the flagship show of the whole the whole kit and caboodle, Monty DeFaro. And that's at Intuitive Network, and that is spelled I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E. Intuitive. Get into it. I know everybody wants us to shut up, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break yeah. and return with the icon, yep. the legend. I just got to ask him like, how it feels that people just recognize him as probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pro wrestlers in the history of the sport. When wrestling was really wrestling. There you go. We'll be back in a moment, folks. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? You Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So, pick. Manscaped? There's a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do I know a deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, Mm. Then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Oh, yeah. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides I, of that. Landing? I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look but what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest, gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get, though, I don't, I think, I don't think I can be as... Uh, I as, found as, it! Have, I found have it! Have you ever gone down there and, like, just, like, you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is... Retro. Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa! Wow! Like, yeah, I'm 46, like it pops out? Do you, like, walk out, or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the you courage to get through. He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> gotta give him a name. Yeah, not, all, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> there you listen, go. I couldn't say... Superbush! I couldn't say... Well... If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. Uh -oh. Drop kicks. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro, filmed only here out of Indie Music Studios out of Ron Conkham in New York. 
And on the couch, the great Barry Windham. Barry, how are you, buddy? Doing great, doing great. You look great, man. I saw you on a virtual signing yesterday. I was like, damn, he looks like he's in great shape. Well, you know, I had the heart attack back in November. I was I was out for 30 minutes at the airport, no heartbeat, nothing. And uh, there was a doctor there, which I've got to find out who that is, and a guy that did the CPR on me for 30 minutes. And... Uh, I was out, no heartbeat, no nothing. Barry, may I ask, right, you have the heart attack um, when you're out. Do you still feel like your mind is working or you just don't remember anything? I don't remember, you know, falling or anything. I was walking up the the ramp to the the counter, and at the counter I just, just dropped, and I don't remember any of that. But I remember the, I remember the doc holding my head, and looking at me, talking to me in my face, and then nothing after that until I was at the hospital and woke up after surgery. How, how are you? How are you emotionally? Right, we both have gone through this, and it's yeah, you yeah know. I'm fine. Yeah, uh, you know some of the medicines mess with you, but uh, you know I'm working out my doses, and everything's everything's working out. Okay. Just the, the one I'm having trouble with is a cholesterol medicine. It's just it's brutal. It just burns from the inside. It's mm. a terrible medicine. So we're just trying to get that dosage right, and from that, it ought to be all right. Now, again, I'm not looking into your medical history, but it was was were you getting regular checkups, and this was was I undiagnosed, or were you not getting checked up enough, or I don't know. Well, you know, I hadn't been to the doctor in a while, and you know, I was talking to Rotundo about two weeks before it happened, and we we're walking through it, uh, Charlotte Airport. And I'm saying, man, wouldn't it be terrible to have a heart attack right here in the airport? Uh oh, bingo! You spoke it out loud. Yeah, but would you do that? I mean, I felt it because you know we were carrying our bags and we had to go from all the way one end to the very opposite side of the airport. You felt something. Yeah, and I was like, just out of breath. My legs were gone. So I mean, I knew something was going on, and I just started back on some, some. blood pressure medicine but it just didn't help just, you know just had that hundred percent blockage hmm. I, I think it's a blessing maybe that happened in the airport because oh, you had yeah. a bunch of people there with right. stuff right there I, I guess they shocked you whatever else I was lucky that, that the person behind me was a doctor oh my a god female doctor I don't know who she is I got to find out who she is and the guy from somewhere in South Carolina for 30 minutes I mean I had my ribs were separated, and I couldn't lay down and sleep for two months because my ribs were so beat up from him yeah. right. mashing me. But, I mean, you know, they got to be really vigorous with that. Yeah. So I could just imagine what I look like out there. It's tubby shit just bouncing around. <laughs> what? No pressing on my chest. Is like, but, and they, I think uh, you told me they put a stent in, right, so they didn't yeah. have to crack you open. They went right through your groin, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Just put a stent in, and that was just had the one blockage. Wow. And the rest of the orders were good. Yeah. How does it feel that the wrestling world, everybody, was just so sad when it happened, but so happy and the love, and I'm sure you got people visiting you and everything else. How does that make you feel? Well, you know, I really didn't, I really didn't know, you know, that anything was going on. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at Facebook or anything for about, you know, I'd say about three months, you know, mm. probably, probably March. You know, I was just starting to get up and get around and get up on my feet. 
But, uh, I mean, uh, my niece started a GoFundMe page, which paid a bunch of my hospital bills. But, uh, you know, now I've got insurance after I had the dadgum thing. Then I figure out, you know, just stuff you never think about. Right. You know, you just mm. take for granted. And uh, so i got a lot of things straight now. Well, i got to tell you, I know we, we're glad you're here with us. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you were in our prayers when it happened. And, uh, you oh, know. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of prayers for me. Well, God bless. That's really important. All right. Let's move on to, uh, you know, your reputation in this business. I, I, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I want to ask you about it. But, you know, from the Ric Flairs to the Arn Andersons to, to Mike, myself, all the fans, you really have a very, very impeccable reputation and are really loved and remembered as one of the greatest, clearly top ten to many, many folks how do you? What do you attribute that to? That you've uh, been so fondly remembered? Was it just doing the right thing over your course of your career, or you know, how does that make you feel knowing just how respected Barry Windham really is? Well, you know, just to end the ring. I guess one of the main things that sticks out in my mind that Eddie Graham said to me, he said, "You have to work of shoot. You know, like you have to go into a match like it's a real fight." And then you work a real fight, and and I took that and I applied it, and uh, you know, and I just thought, and then I thought about selling and all that, and and it just, you know, and I had really good teachers down there in Florida too. They had so many guys come through there: Morocco, LaDuke, uh, the Ortons. I mean, all those guys. I worked with every one of them. I worked, you know, 30 minutes and 45 minutes. We went Broadway with there, all of them. You know, Dusty was doing that for me just so I could learn, and it. Uh, I, I just think that's it, you know, just the, the stuff in the ring. I mean, I'm assuming you learned from your father also, right? And uh, both of you huge guys, what real wrestlers are. But your father had the mic skills of a very boisterous guy. But you took it a different route. You took it more like a, a, like a, a quiet, soft-spoken guy. Uh, how come you took that approach or you just that was natural to you? You know, I, and I think that just goes back, you know, to learning from Eddie and Dusty, just try to be natural. And, you know, there are times you got to show your emotion, too. you got to use your face, your body, your hands, everything. And those are just things, you know, that I just took in. And, and it was, uh, I guess what I did is I always tried to, you know, at the end of the day, I would always think back about what I learned that day, mm. whether it was about the business or life, before I went to sleep. And it's just... You know, it's just one of those things you just add it up and add it up. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if other people do that. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just the way I did things. Were you able to, uh, were you ever offered a gimmick that could have derailed your image? Like, you really never ha were given anything goofy, if you understand what I'm saying. No, no, Ask not me, at all. You no. managed to somehow keep that Barry Windham, the wrestler, intact all those years were you ever offered something where you were like i'm not doing that that's dumb well i mean you know working for vince and wwe he, he wanted you know something else and, okay and i fought him tooth and nail you know he would i was wearing all the camo stuff but i was wearing my boots underneath it mm -hmm. you know or i had my hair blonde or you know just always and you know i think that's why vince didn't really go with me because i was always just kind of defiant Okay. But I was still there and did my job. But, 
Do you remember any? I, I'm sorry to press, but I am curious. Do you remember any particular one with Vince where he was like, okay, wear this? Was there any particular one? Well, I, would, I would probably think the stalker, right? Yeah, that was a stalker. That was okay. a stalker. Okay. And I don't know, maybe Pritchard, that was his idea. I don't know. But anyway, I, I just, I felt it was kind of a rib. Right. And, you know, just maybe a little payback for, you know, for leaving before. But Oh, mm. so you think that's payback when Interesting. You, why did you leave when you guys were so hot, you and Mike? What made you leave the WWE? Well, I mean... You know, we had been in Florida before that, and we are home every night. And then there were, we're there, and, you know, it was three months on the road, mm. never home. Yeah. You know, 90, 96 days, I think, was was what we went, 92 or 96, mm-hmm. without going home. We might have had a day off on the road, but there was no way to get home. And uh, we were in Baltimore, and Rotundo just flipped out and lost it. We were all down in the red light district, and all the guys were there, and they had their Lincolns. And they ended up playing Ram cars with Lincolns. And I guess Rotundo had rented the car. He was, anyway, he jumped out of the car and left. Left me there with the car. I went back to the hotel. He was gone. Just left. He had flown home that night. He just flipped out. Just had enough. So I went to Boston the next night and worked with, uh, uh, worked with S.D. Jones. And uh, Chief J. Strongbow was there and, uh, they called Vince, had Vince on the phone. I said, no, I'm going home. Mike's home. And I didn't talk to him again after that. And it just, you know, I just think it kind of hung with him, which it would have too, you know, if it was been, been me. But mm. and he just ran guys ragged there. And yeah. Drugs were rampant. And it, it was. Not for you. It was a great time, but it was a bad time too. Right. I got gotcha. you. Right. I got gotcha. you. I mean, you guys were crazy over back then. It was like, forget about it. I thought I thought you could have both of you guys could have went on. I mean, he clearly went on with the IRS gimmick for quite a while. Yeah. But, you know, you you know, you yeah, clearly if we just stuck gone. it out. We'd have been included. But I mean, what was the money difference between the WWE or Georgia Championship Wrestling of Florida? You know, you hear we have a lot of guys in here, and they talk about the big paydays they got down south. But then I talked to some other people that were in the biz, and they're like, yeah, it really wasn't what you think. You know, the, all, the, all the big paydays occurred up here. Which would be more accurate? Uh, let's see. This was 95. I think Mike and I made about $225,000 that year. Which, wow. Well, to us was a lot then. It's a lot to me now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sorry. But you had other guys making you oh, know, sure. millions. Oh, sure, sure. Uh I think that was probably one of the things that kind of turned me off to the business too, is kind of the pay disparity. But you know, those guys worked their ass off that are in that spot too. Mm-hmm. You know, after seeing Wyndham in it and Cena, you know, they're just gone all the time. They're always busy, or always were. Yeah, I think you have to make that conscious decision that you're going to marry the business in order to be that successful, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you got to go with it a hundred percent. You know, Barry, it's a, past that point. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I get it. This is it's a tough time, but I I, I got to clear this off the table. Um, you lost your nephew recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to share your thoughts about what's going on with your family, and you know, I mean, for wrestling fans, obvious a sad time, but I mean, my again, my heart went out to you, your family, and the Rotunda family. Uh, it's just a shame. Yeah, it's still pretty hard to talk about. But I mean, he was. Just such a
you're such a beautiful person. Yeah. Well, our prayers are with you guys, man. It's it's one of the most brilliant minds in the business currently, that's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, it's really hard on this family. I don't know how they're getting by. Barry, you worked with uh, some of the great promoters of all time. Uh, I am curious, uh, how come you never really did uh, work with the AWA, if I can ask? I only worked just one shot in there for uh, for Vern, but uh, you know I guess with uh, my time in Florida, that you know with my start in my career, and then uh, with all the guys that had come in there, most of them, you know, were New York guys. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was a pretty natural progression, and with my dad being there. Sure. Uh, I never, I never really talked to Vern or, or, you know, or about working there or anything. It was just the one shot that Rotundo and I did when they ran the dome. We worked against uh, Stan and Steve. Mm. Uh, but I never worked Memphis territory either or uh, the Northwest. Any reasons why or just wasn't in the cards? Well, I or? think I was just tied up where I was. Right. Yeah. Interesting. What was your impression of Vern Gagne, even though it was brief? Well, I was little when I was around Vern when I met Vern. I met Vern and Andre the same day, so. Okay. <laughs> so I had a definite bigger impression with Andre. Yeah. But I remember meeting him. How did you get along with Andre? Were you guys, uh, you were younger, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever Andre would come in, he would travel with me in Florida. Uh, Mike Graham had a big old Cadillac limousine, and I would drive Andre around in that. Uh, I guess because he worked with my dad, you know, he, <laughs> right. he knew me, so he felt comfortable with me. But, uh, yeah, travel with me all the time. You know, with all these documentaries going on now and everybody sees behind the curtain and things like that, would, would it be fair to say uh, the stories on Andre, are they true? Did you see him, like, take business to his own hands when he didn't like someone, or were you not privy to that type of oh, stuff? Oh, yeah, if he didn't like you, you knew it. Really? Yeah, he didn't like uh, Savage. Mm. Let's see, somebody else. He Baby oil. Disliked. Sheiky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would lay in the chops on those guys. <laughs> and would, would you guys be back there like, oh, shit, this is... <laughs> uh, better you than me. <laughs> you know, Andre, you know, he just didn't like them. He never really hurt them, but he would sit on them and keep them in a spot where they couldn't do what they were doing. You know, he, on he wasn't brutal to them. He was just almost comical to them, you know, I, just to where they couldn't move or something, the, just trapping them in a corner. sit on them. Well, you, your dad had some great matches against yeah. them. Well, did dad, yeah. your dad ever tell you any stories? Like, did they ever, like, get into it at all? Because your dad could hold his own, I'm I'm for sure, against his dad, was, his dad was a skyscraper himself. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Murdoch told me a story about, let's see, it was my dad and Murdoch and Andre at Virginia Beach. They were staying at a hotel on the beach, and he said, Murdoch, I think Murdoch started a fight. He, uh, anyway, it ended up with my dad and Andre out in the surf, and Murdoch was, was refereeing, 
and uh, Andre was holding my dad underneath the water. <laughs> but my old man told the story different. He said he was beating up Andre. Don't kill him. Don't fucking kill him. <laughs> and now this from Blackjack Mulligan. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! But they tore up the whole hotel room and they fought out on the deck and then out to the water. Jeez. You know, growing up with your dad <laughs> oh around, though, like you know, you're, you're a kid, right? I'm sure sometimes you like kind of push back, right? You want to be your own. Like with push, your father, was it push like back? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. With no. your father, was like I'm not saying shit to my father. I'm just do what he says. Yes, or sir. Or... I, I always just did what he said. He was heavy-handed. So smart man. Was... Yeah, smart man. <laughs> he was heavy. He was heavy. He was heavy. <laughs> you he was just kidding. big, heavy legged, heavy everything. <laughs> God. Yeah. Dude. Did you ever? Did you want to be a football player like that? I mean, Dad played for the Jets, the Broncos, Blackjack Mulligan Senior. Well, I played up through college. I went to West Texas State. Well, while I was out there, my dad and Murdoch bought the uh, Amarillo Territory. Right. And I was right there at school, so. Um, you know, NFL aspirations? I that was kind of by design. I don't know if they did it or Murdoch, but anyway, I started refereeing. Okay. Going on the road, hauling the ring, and setting up chairs, and putting out posters, and doing all that stuff. And it just, I think I got my first check was like 50 bucks, and I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have NFL aspirations, or did wrestling just basically take over after college? No, it was while I was in college, and so wrestling just kind of took over. Just kind of took over. Excellent. Um, you've worked with uh, Vince McMahon, obviously. You've worked with uh, Eric Bischoff a bit. Uh, Vince Russo, uh, can you tell me the difference between these three guys? Do you? Your memories? Oh, let's see. Well, Russo, I, I I don't know. Russo didn't like me and Bradshaw. I think really Bradshaw was rude of Russo not liking me because Bradshaw was just a bully to everybody. Okay. Yeah, and, so that is true about yeah. Bradshaw. Okay. When we were in the ring in Japan, he would be beating up the guys. they say, please tag in little blackjack. <laughs> tag in little? Yeah, you want little? You want a little blackjack? Little blackjack? <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. Uh, Baba called us back. He had a meeting with us, mm -hmm. the three of us. Mm -hmm. He said, "He said you, you're too heavy with my boys." Mm. I'm looking at Bradshaw. Jeez, man. But yeah, <laughs> Baba called us down and said, "Okay, we'll take it easy." Right. Bradshaw the next night. <laughs> yeah. Didn't give a shit. Just wailing out. <laughs> Did um, you ever want to tell Vince Russo? I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, or better yet, let me ask you, is Vince Russo what's wrong with the business when it comes to a guy in charge of booking a show? He's, it sounds like, you know, he wasn't a fan of yours, and I could probably understand why. I figured you would be telling him, I'm not doing that stupid idea of yours. Well, I mean, it just it seemed like he didn't have a broad scope, a broad enough, you know, to cover yeah. all the wrestlers yeah, and everything yeah, that was there. Just, yeah. And he had a little narrow picture of what he wanted. Right. And I just never fit in it. So. Right. I never had any personal problems with him, but, you know, I'm, I know what going on in the meetings at New York, so I know what's said about guys. So, right. You know. It would only make sense, too, because his whole thing was that Jerry Springer type of thing, and that, right. that wasn't that's the type of Barry guy. Windham? That's not Barry Windham at all. How, right? about, how about Vince McMahon and uh, Bischoff? What do you got for me on those two? Uh, Bischoff, you know, was always straight up with me. I never had any problems with him. 
and Vince, you know, just we started out well in 85, but, uh, you know, then after I left, it was just, you know, he just, he takes digs and, and if you, if you keep going with it, you'll just bury yourself, which I probably did. Mm. You know, just. Vince not very forgiving, in other words. No. Gotcha. To be fair to Vince, do you think that he had a right to be angry at with, at you for walking out on him in 85? Well, I don't know because he changed the way that he did business too because there were so many guys dropping out, dying, overdosing, and, you know, just couldn't handle the, the travel. And, and there were, you know, we were running three crews in those days too, mm. so we were going everywhere. But, you know, I... He learned from it, and uh, I'm sure that uh, if I had participated more, we could have worked something out. But I, you know, I just, you know, I was there, and then I was just doing what I was doing, and never talked to me or anything, and I was just like, forget this. I'm yeah, with right. Yeah. And right. I'd rather go back home or something. So the WWE right now looks like Cody Rhodes is eventually going to be the face of this company. Um, I'm sure you you obviously had interactions with Dusty. Can you talk to us about Dusty, the wrestler, the promoter, and the person? Well, Dusty, I probably learned as much from Dusty as I did from Eddie. And one thing that I always did, you know, I watched all the matches, and that's something that Dusty told me. He said, watch all the matches and you'll learn it, and I did, you know, it was just one of those things that I did also, you know, there's some guys that are out there doing it, some guys in the back playing cards, you know, all night, uh, so maybe that was a difference, but, but Dusty just, you know, he, he was such an influence on me that I really can't, you know, give him enough credit, because he was really outstanding, and, and as a friend and as a teacher, just an outstanding person. And Cody, you know, is a, he's a student of the business. He was with his dad. His dad was running that little promotion down there, and it was basically Cody's. He was doing it to teach Cody, you know, how to do production and promos and wrestle and everything, and he did, and he learned, and uh, he, he caught on. He's a smart guy, Cody is. Do you, do, you, do you look at today's wrestling different than when you were growing up? I mean, do you, do you consider, like, this being a joke at this point, or do you consider it being the evolution of what guys like yourself, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, created? Well, when I look at it now, and knowing what I know about the production, too, I just don't know if I could do it. You know, I'm sure that I could, you know, because I did before, but... Now, just looking at it and thinking at, about it and looking at all that goes into it. I mean, I watched Randy Orton memorize two sheets of promos and then go out there and just nail it. And it's like, God, I can't mm. remember one sentence, you know, and read it back like that. <laughs> yeah, it's and, difficult. But, uh, you know, that they're, Cena was like that. Cena, you know, can see something and do it word for word right over. And, you know, it's just... Some things you're just not capable of doing, and there's some guys that are super capable. Do you think the business is better with these scripted scripts? Or, or, I'm or say that right, or the ad libs, or, or has it lost its organic feel somewhat? 
I think it's lost the the real, you know, like the sporting feel of it because yeah. now it's more of an entertainment. You know, people watch it to see, you know, the drama of it instead of, you know, the actual wrestling. But And then there are some that watch it just for the wrestling. But uh, uh, when I was raised and brought up in it, you know, it was – Wrestling was first. That's what it was called. Mm. So that's what I mainly studied, and you know, I, I just don't think I could do it now. What do you think of all the flipping and the flopping? I mean, Rey Mysterio back in the day was the exception. Now everybody seems to do what Rey Mysterio does. Yeah. How does that make Barry Windham the traditional wrestler feel when he sees this? It's what the business has evolved to. And I don't know if it'll go back, you know, to the big guys, you know, giants fighting each other, you know, in blood baths and cage matches and stuff. Uh, I think with NBC owning it, it'll become even more generic, you know, it'll, you know, family content. Uh, it's just, it's such a different, such a different business. Is, is Vince McMahon's stepping down and selling the company good or bad for the future of pro wrestling? After all, Vince has contributed to the business. What do you think? It's in good hands with, with uh, Hunter okay. and Stephanie. Okay. You know, they're dedicated to it, and, they, and he wants to continue it, and he's got a good hand on his shoulders. He's really a good guy. Hunter, you know, I can't say anything bad about him. Nice. Nice. Just speaking about Dusty Rhodes, just uh, about two weeks ago, we had Terry Reynolds in studio. And kind of glossed over, but we were just having a discussion about her relationship with uh, Dustin and blah, blah, blah. But she mentioned you specifically. She said she heard an interview with you saying that she slept around with all the boys and she denied it. I never had seen that at no. all, but she did mention you specifically. Yeah. Um did you know Terry at all as a person, or? I didn't know she said that, and I don't think I ever said anything public about her, but if she wants to, I can tell everything I know about her. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen her in the Techwood parking lot, you know, getting in a van, so, on different occasions. If the van's rocking, don't come knocking, is that what exactly. you're getting? What was it, a community van? A com <laughs> oh, it was a community <laughs> van, all right. <laughs> Yeah, well, the first come, first serve. What are you talking about? Yeah. Mm. So, so I guess basically, then you agree because she does talk during the interview that Dusty wasn't happy about her being involved with his son. Uh, so I tend to think that you agree then, right? She wasn't good for him. No, she wasn't good for him at all. Mm. They weren't good for each other. And. I just wish her all the luck in the world. I got you. Fair enough. Fair Again, enough. it's got to be tough. You're all family, right? And then you see things going on. And, you know, you obviously know who Sonny is, right? And what Sonny has done to Chris Candido. Yeah. How do you guys deal with that? Um, having these personal relationships with your brother and you see something you may not agree with. What's your approach there? Is there approach? Is there an approach, or is there just nothing? Well, you know, you, you got to let people do what they're going to do. Sure. You know, you, you, sure. It, it, if they ask, then you can tell them. But I mean, it's just it, it's tough. It's tough to do. 
You know, when Dustin was married to her, I, I never said one bad thing to him about her or anything and always supported her, you know, and even worked with her, so. Hmm. But, Are uh, you surprised that she said said a few things about you or did that take you, catch you by surprise? I personally, I've Does anything I, catch you by surprise in this business after all these no, years? Probably no, not. That's no. probably, that's yeah, probably. Probably it. not, so. And like I said, I had never seen that either, so I was Yeah, like, oh, well, I was, I was like, what? We looked at each other like, Barry Windham, what? <laughs> okay. How, so we discussed earlier, have all these documentaries coming out, and uh, I don't know if you watch them. Um, this year they had the documentary on the Graham family. Mm. Um, it was clearly the angle was the suicidal tendencies of the entire family. When you look at the Graham family now, after your long relationship with Mike and your training and tutelage of Eddie, did you see that growing up, or is it something afterwards you're like, man, I just didn't see it, and this is what it, they were about? After Eddie did it, you know, Mike Mike was one of my best friends. We traveled together all the time, and we went boating and fishing and diving. Uh, Mike wasn't the same after his dad shot himself, but when his son did it, Mike was dead set on killing himself. He asked me more than a dozen times mm. if I had my gun in my truck, if I brought a gun with me, if I would loan him a gun, because his wife had taken all the guns out of the house. And, I mean, he, you know, he he was a serious alcoholic, and just a few drinks, you know, would make him loopy. And as soon as he would get drunk, you know, he would start telling him, ah, fuck, why am I here? I'm going to kill myself. And I guess he just did it that night in October on in Daytona. You know, I got really good memories of Mike. You know, he was, like I said, he was one of my best friends. Just after his son had killed himself. When, and his son, I guess, Mike had tried to get his son into the business and as a referee or whatever. And he never could, you know, just click. and never could find his spot to stick in. And he, he had a bad relationship with a girl, and, and he just shot himself. So I think that I don't know if it was, you know, now that you mention it, I think that there's history that Eddie's father killed himself mm -hmm. too. So, I mean, those things you just don't know. They can be there. They can be in someone's mind and their, and their psyche. I, I don't know, but just when, when he's asking you to borrow a gun, and you said a whole bunch of times that at any point did you get like angry at him? Like Mike, snap the f out of it! I, oh yeah, I mean I talked to Mike. So you tried as hard as you could to get through to him. What are you doing? I would hug him. It was just brutal. Just a tough time on him, mm. but I I'm, must have felt helpless. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. After the occurrence, do you feel like um, mm. suicide is selfish in a way? Leaving oh, yeah, friends. Absolutely. I was pissed off at him for five years after he did that. It must have been. You must know, have just. Why? Motherfucker! Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. And, and there's no answer. That's the worst part. You're not going to get, you don't get an answer. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. Now, how am I supposed to ask him this one, not to lighten the mood, but this is hard to ask the man himself who's in the family. Okay, rank the Wyndham family. Where do you rank as the all-time great families? This is an impossible question. Well, i got to be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll start first. I'll start I mean, first. Definitely in the top five wrestling yeah. families in the history of wrestling, yeah. without How's a it, doubt. How, where, where would you put the wind of your own family, for God's sakes? What a strange question, but I like it. I do like it. Where would you put yourself, considering uh, the Rhodeses and the Samoan dynasty and, and, and the other Eric, families? Bro. I don't know. I never really thought about that. But, you know, <laughs> there we just, go. <laughs> that, would, that would take some thought, I think, yeah. to really do an honest ranking, but... It's all just opinion anyway. Oh, well, of course. We're but, number one. Well, there you go. That's but, the when you look, but when you look That's at yourself, you've looked at your career mm. and what you have accomplished, would you say that you're one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in the top ten? No, I, I, don't, I don't feel that. But Interesting. Can you, you explain know? why you don't feel that? I don't know. I guess because I was the one in there doing it, and to me, you know, just sometimes it just came natural. You know, but it was just the way that I taught myself to do it. So I guess different egos handle things differently, and I'm just not that way, you know. And it just, if someone tells me that, I tell them, thank you. I'm very gracious, but there's a lot of other talented guys out there. When they gave the NWA title finally, you were able to achieve that. Did you feel that this was your opportunity to carry this company? And were you disappointed when they took it from you? that quickly well I knew it was going to be a short time you know a year or less that I would have it but they wanted to get it get the title back from Japan and uh, I just don't know because I I blew up my knee while I had the championship too so I had to have surgery on my knee I just don't know if, you know, if there were any other plans for it or, or not. You know, I just had it for the short time, and, and I was home most of that time with a knee injury. Was it important to you to win that world title? Yeah, We've had question. some wrestlers come in and say, ah, it was just another paycheck, but was it important to you to win that world title? It did wonders for your overall career as far as coming from a fan's perspective. You're a world champion. Well, it had, it had to because I had chased it for so long and I had made so many promos and done so many hour broadways and matches with Flair mm-hmm. that to make any sense, you know, I should, I should have had it. But to do it that way, it, it accomplished it and I dropped it back to Rick. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I, I got it, but didn't get to keep it very long. How frustrating was it getting hurt? You finally win a world title, you get hurt? I would have been, like, freaking out. Yeah. I can uh, I can identify with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. There Here you we go. go. <laughs> ba- Barry B., are, are, are you a Jet fan? Yeah. Barry Windham, the Jet fan. We got to love it. <laughs> Here's the one thing I have to ask you about. Again, I've said it a million times what a huge fan I was of yours. The one thing I couldn't stand, and I need to understand this. Uh-oh, what's this? Whose idea was it to make you the fake sting? Oh, yeah. Whose idea was that? And were you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I was all right with it. Okay. I had, I had been off for probably four or five months. 
I don't know if it was, I had surgery on my wrist, I think is what it was. I think because that was after the angle with Arn. Uh, I was kind of just looking for a spot to get back in. And I was there in Chicago, but I wasn't on the card. And Ole was booking. He didn't have a finish for Sting's match. And Sting and I were just sitting there talking back and forth. And I, I think it was actually my idea. You know, I said, why don't I just dress up like you and come out there and we'll do this, you know, simple finish, but it, it ought to work. And we ran it by Ole. He said, yeah. So Sting and I went to the hair salon. I got my hair cut. <laughs> That's and good. And went back to the dressing room, painted my face. He had an extra pair of tights. I put on Stan uh, Hansen's boots <laughs> and went out there and did it. And wow. And you're okay cutting your hair. Like, that surprised me in itself. I'm like, man, I can't believe this dude just cut his hair like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it was, to be honest, it was pretty much my idea. But, you know, I had to figure something to get back in the door. And I thought that might have some impact. And, you know, just introducing back. And I thought, fuck my hair. Can it always grow back? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. All right, we're going to hit you with something called the Pharaoh's Final Question. Then we're going to go to commercial break, if you're interested. We're going to pay a little homage to you. Um, we got Wisteria Hall here. They're going to sing rap as crap. <laughs> well, if you'd like to join them on stage, that would be terrific. If you're not, that's fine. But um, Or you can just throw banana peels at us while we perform. <laughs> All depending on your point of view and mood. I'll just listen. I, I told you he was just going to listen. That's right. I, hey, we get to perform for Barry Wyndham Bart, man. That, that works for me. That works for me. All right, final question. You know, we, we asked you if you, you know, if you're comfortable with the fact that most most smart wrestling fans put you in the top ten greatest wrestlers of all time, if they really see the whole picture, who is Barry Windham's? I'll make the list shorter. Who is Barry Windham's, in your opinion, the three greatest, most important wrestlers of all time? Since you don't want to put yourself in the in the conversation, who would you say the three most important greatest wrestlers, in Barry Windham's opinion, of all time? Well, I won't say of all time, but, I mean, of the times that I've known. It's okay. Hogan, Flair, and uh, I don't know. I have to put a third one there. I guess The Rock, you know, just because, right. you know, of what they did for did the you, business. And did you all. hear that pop the other night? The Rock came back. The Rock yeah. is back now. thought yeah. the roof was going to cave in. Interesting. <laughs> the Rock over uh, Stone Cold? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because because he still has such an impact, you know, he's still a big he player. He sure does. Yeah. And what's amazing, you named Hogan and Flair, who's still, you know, oh, after please. all this That's time, Ali still Frazier. remain on that list, <laughs> which yeah. means, and think about this, you were one of their, Flair's, main opponents for such a very, very long time. For sure. So it just solidifies what we've been saying about you. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, guys, and we'll steer your hold, be on stage, and they're going to sing Rap is Crap. Yeah, and then we uh, we'll see how that goes. See you in a moment, neighbor. All right. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all. That's all I have, and that's all I want. That's the so pick. manscaped. There, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse 
than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man, it's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this. But if you're going to go oh, do I a know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, mm. then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is... Has like I said, well manicured. Yeah, you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides I, of that. Landing? I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh, I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older <laughs> I get though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I found it. I found it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is? Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, I'm 46, like it pops out? Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, tr I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage. He's through. a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him a name. Yeah, not, all, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, can't, I couldn't, I couldn't Super say Bush. I couldn't say it. Well, <laughs> if you have the same beliefs as Maven, does Manscaped could help you? Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh -oh. Dropkick. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP.
And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence, Collision Specialist, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro, where we have the great Barry Windham in studio. You got Wisteria Hall on stage. We were talking about, did you ever think that Barry Windham would be serenaded by uh, a bunch of 50-year-olds? <laughs> we'll have to see how this concert turns out. <laughs> so how, how did Rap is Crap come about? Like, wh where, did that, where did that happen? Uh, Jimmy Hart and Kurt and I were sitting on the bus and we were just just shooting the breeze and Kurt always wanted to be a cowboy yeah <laughs> so uh, Jimmy said to him well you could you could be the lead singer we could call we could, we could be a group and, uh, I came up with the name the West Texas Rednecks and that 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 clicked so I mean it was just a collaboration yeah. on the front seat of a bus just one afternoon so when this thing starts to explode, though, and they decide to put you in front of 30,000 people, you're like, can, were you like, I can't do this? Uh, or could you drum? I don't know. Were you a drum? No, I couldn't drum. They put me. towels on his drums. <laughs> yeah, I had the towels on the drums. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, this is our homage to the great Barry Windham. Everybody, Wisteria Hall, rap is crap. Hit it. I like country music I love country girls I like Willie Nelson and Don't forget about Pearl There's only one thing that I hate Cause it's a bunch of crap I, I hate rap <laughs> I like NASCAR racing Richard Petty is still the king some call me a redneck But you know that's a beautiful thing There's only one thing that I hate Cause it's a bunch of crap I hate rap One thing that I hate Cause it's a bunch of crap 
It's a bunch of crap I hate rap What is it? Rap is crap One more time Rap is crap Thank you! Fantastic. Unbelievable <laughs> you ever, Did you ever think you'd come on these interview shows and people would be playing music to you? <laughs> <laughs> You're used to the old question and answer thing. And now right? Barry is more than ready oh. to go home. So, <laughs> time out. What? I need you to hold the mic for a second. Real quick, Bart. Um, Making a dedication song to Jimmy and Carrie. What? Yeah. What are you doing that for? I want to thank the great Barry Windham for coming in studio. Um, thank you for all you've done for this industry. Thank you for everything. And thank you from all the fans to you. Uh, incredible. Everybody knows Jimmy's last show was today. As he goes to Florida to start a new life. Um, we will see everybody next Thursday with me and maybe a special guest uh, for both shows and Jimmy, hopefully you get your stuff hooked up and Jimmy will be through the internet, hopefully within the next couple of weeks until then we, as a group, the Monty and the Farrell family will hang in there and we will knock out a home run. Barry, once again, an honor. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. All. You've been watching Monty and the Farrell and on behalf of everyone here later. I'm having one funk with Monty Nefero, and I'm gonna put him in a cross face. You're gonna hang him to the ground right now. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> there was a big story about your claim that you made a man disappear after an attempted rape on your person as a teenager. Did you realize how public this was gonna get with it in like police involvement? No, hell no. Please show. This life is tearing.